0: Well, hello, everybody. This is Larry Ragland. I'm welcoming you into another edition of the Remnant Leadership Podcast. Well, we believe there is a remnant that is alive, that is rising, and has a voice in this moment. The remnant is not an echo, the remnant is a voice. And that's what we endeavor to do here on the Remnant Leadership Podcast is to speak into those that can see and understand that they have been called to a position of leadership. And that they are a part of the remnant. The remnant is small. That's why it's called a remnant. But it is powerful. And without the remnant, we're going to be in serious trouble in this world that we live in today. And that's why we bring this podcast to you, at least one podcast a week, sometimes even more than that. A lot of times it's me just in here, just uh, just talking out of my heart and what, what I feel like I just want to just say for that particular day. Sometimes it's when we have a guest like today, and I'm very, very excited to have this guest into the studio today. Because he's a leading voice in this moment, and he's also a leading voice in my life. He's been very impactful in my life, and I think he's been impactful probably in a lot of people's lives that are listening to this broadcast. He pastors a church in Grenada, Mississippi. He's an evangelist. He's preached all over the nation and even places of the world, and uh, he is becoming a podcaster extraordinary himself as well. It is a blessing to bring into the studio my friend, Pastor Chris Owens. Be welcome, Pastor.
1: Man, we're glad to be with you today, certainly.
0: Amen. So you've been a guest with me on our other podcast, The Big Picture, and uh, we talked about you know, the wonderful, incredible way that you and your wife came together and your ministry. And So you've had a lifetime of ministry now. I mean, I don't even know. How many years of ministry and preaching have you been involved in?
1: Well, I preached my first public sermon February 3rd, 1985.
0: Wait a minute. <clears throat> Nineteen eighty-five. So I don't want to make you feel real old or anything, brother, my brother. But you know, I was still a senior in high school. But you know, that's okay. I
1: mean, coming I, up on almost forty <laughs> years of ministry, it's hard to believe.
0: That's amazing. That, listen, I honor that. Forty years of ministry nowadays, if people stay in ministry, they're still in. After all, we've just gone through. They're committed. They're the real deal. They're remnant, and that's you. So I'm kidding you. So I thank God for your for the longevity of your ministry, and that's what I want to talk about today. Is you and I have talked many times privately about what it takes to stay in ministry, what it takes. It is, you know, I'm sure your grandfather and other people, other older generation people that you had in your life was like my grandfather. My grandfather would say things like, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. That's one of the famous sayings. The truth is ministry is not easy. It's a very difficult life. People think from the outside looking at it that it's this this elaborate life where you where you you work one day a week, uh, you you play golf and and you and you pray, and that's your whole job. Well, they ain't never been in the ministry. That that is not you know, ministry is twenty four hour, seven day a week job. You don't get an off day, and it is very stressful. It is very stressful on your family. It's very stressful on yourself, your mind, and so forth. Uh, but and a lot of people don't make it. And I'm, I'm not trying to belittle the ones that that got out of the ministry, whatever, but more than not, don't make it, they quit. But when you're talking about 40 years of ministry and you're talking about here we are still, both of us plugging along and being used by God, and quite frankly, I think both of us are probably as excited about the kingdom of God right now as we've ever been in our lives. And so we understand leadership, but what we want to talk about today is the anointing. Because that, you know, the Bible tells us, and let's be real, look, I know this is a leadership podcast, but I think y'all probably figured out by now that we're talking about leadership through the kingdom, kingdom leadership. And the Bible says it is the anointing that breaks the yoke of bondage, that breaks that frustration and that difficulty of ministry. So, Pastor, let's get right into it. Let's talk about the longevity of ministry, the power of the anointing, And maybe you could just speak out of your heart about what the Holy Spirit means to you, the anointing means to you. Let's first talk about what is the anointing.
1: Well, I remember years ago hearing a great leader say that the anointing makes the difference. Mm. Makes the difference. I would say now, now it's not quite 40 years, but 2025 will be 40 years. Yeah. it's hard to believe that someone it looks and acts and, and is as young as me. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, you look about 25, brother. I just tell you. Yeah. You look amazing. That
1: old. <laughs> <laughs> but it does make the difference. It has kept me. Yeah. It is the reason why I'm in ministry. Yeah. And I say it. We're talking about a person. I'm talking yes, about the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. But the anointing flows Yes, from the Holy Spirit. Now, I heard one great person say that, a leader, he said that the anointing is the burden-removing Yoke destroying power yeah. of God, my God, and that's not only to away from negative situations, but that's keeping power. Yes, that's yes. Um, that's longevity. That's um, that's knowing what to do beyond what you would know to do by yourself. My God, come on! That's connecting with His wisdom, His hope, His strength. I've had His anointing move on me when it was just He and I and I wasn't around to do anything for anybody. Right. Going through personal difficulties and struggles that I didn't even know how to express. And sometimes they just come suddenly. Mm. And sometimes there are things that are just ongoing battles and had the anointing of God move. And just like the sun came up in the middle of the night mm. and everything shift and changed. Wow. Um, there's It's an inexhaustible subject. Yes. Uh, there's nothing that God's anointing can't accomplish mm. it needs to be done nothing that needs to be fixed nothing that needs to be started nothing that needs to be recaptured
0: mm-hmm. can, are you saying pastor chris are you saying that you believe that let's say a man works a desk job he's, a, he's an office he's an executive or say someone is a construction worker or someone is working in retail can't i mean are you saying god can anoint them in? In that position? Absolutely. I it's believe- not just for preachers.
1: No, sir. No, sir. I believe that one of one of the voices in my life that God has used so strategically he talks about how that he believes there's a five-fold ministry gifting anointing for the marketplace. Wow. Wow. And not trying to compare and make them ecclesiastical in the sense yeah. that yeah. they are an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Right. But they flow in similar veins in mm. the realm of the marketplace. Mm. And if God will use you to influence the marketplace, then Mm. certainly He will sustain you. He will help you. Hey, the anointing is connected with favor, with hope, yes, with joy, yes. Matter of fact, what was it Isaiah says that God will give you the oil of joy, Mm. the anointing of joy. Mm. You know, of all the things, Bishop, that the devil has tried to take from my life and attack me over. Has been my joy. I've been persecuted over my joy. I've been more persecuted over my joy than I was over my personal stance for living holy and preaching my strong doctrinal truth. Some people resent it. Unbelievable. But I'm grateful for the oil of joy. And yes. And i make no excuses for <laughs> yes, it. Yes, yes. And honestly, yes. I'm determined to fight for it.
0: If this world needs anything, it's joy right now. Mm-hmm. We are inundated with war. You know, Jesus t- said it was going to be that way. Rumors of war. Pestilence, viruses, pandemics, uh, riots in the street, chaos, uncertainty. We need the anointing of God. We need the anointing of God on this nation. We need to cry out again for the anointing of God on this nation. And that's what I want everybody that's listening to this to know. You use the word influence. You know, most people that listen to leadership podcasts are very familiar with Dr. John Maxwell. And he says leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. The famous saying is, he says, "Hey, if you think you're a leader, look behind you. Is anybody following you? If nobody's following you, you're just taking a walk." You know, and that's just a powerful thing, man. Because just because you call yourself a leader, don't mean you're a leader. You're a leader if you're influencing someone. So, you know, you're you're on the job. You say, "Well, I'm just, I'm just, am a nobody. I'm out here. I'm just doing a a labor job, or I'm just, I'm digging a ditch, or I'm framing a house, or I'm cutting somebody's yard." You know, how can I be a leader out there? Listen, if you'll let the Holy Spirit show you, you have influence. There are th- there are co-workers, there are people, there are uh, uh, accounts that you have, there are people that are hiring you to do these jobs that are watching you and listening to you. And I believe what I'm hearing you say, Pastor, is uh, you're on a mandate and you've always been on a mandate to empower people to understand that the pulpit is not the only place where an anointing can happen and certainly not the only place that influence can happen. So if we're going to have influence in whatever realm we're in we need to be anointed. Am I right on that?
1: That's right. And we're here to equip people. Mm. As as fivefold ministry gifts according yes. to Ephesians 4 as we you spoke of so powerfully recently when you were ministering in our church uh, to our team that that is to equip people to understand that there is an anointing on you for now. Mm. And here's the thing. You're in process. Yes. God's working something in you. Every step about your life matters. There's a guy who wrote a great book called "It All Matters: Finding Value." Listen, all I, nice I totally endorse this book. We won't talk book. about him today. Oh yeah, but but really, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is a it's just true principles. But right now matters. Yes, and the anointing on you will help you in what you're doing. Will give you strength in the moment of purpose that you're fulfilling, mm. and cause others to see the difference in you while you're doing it, and you won't even be thinking about that. The anointing of the Holy Spirit affects everything. And I would say to ministers, preachers, brother, sister, I don't know how in the world you would even want to be in the ministry without the anointing because you're operating in the arm of your best effort. The old-timers would say, ah, you're operating in the arm of the flesh, yeah. (laughs) But I I want to qualify that because I'm I'm not attacking you there. I'm just telling you that you are not even supposed to be trying to do ministry by yourself. I don't believe we're called to do ministry by ourselves. I don't believe we're called to be by ourselves. Mm. Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always. Mm. Even to the end of the age.
0: Even to the end of the age. So so let's... let's oh, oh, come on. Well, oh. if I had an organ sound right Wee. now, with a Leslie, I'd sing, I'd talk back to you. Praise <laughs> God. So, so listen, man, I've been around this man. He understands it. In fact, some of the first things that I learned about as a young minister, about the power of the Holy Ghost, the power of, uh, quite frankly, in the Pentecostal charismatic world, is called the baptism of the Holy Ghost, We, I learned from this man. And... One of the things that I've learned over the years from experience from being mentored by people like you from my own personal study is that you know you can't separate ministry from the anointing. I mean, think about Jesus. Jesus, you know, I say all the time, Jesus is the epitome of the leader that we should be following. Lead like Jesus. But you can't, and people, well, yeah, but that was Jesus. That was Jesus. Remember this, y'all. Remember, I've told you this on this podcast before. Everything that Jesus did, even though he was 100% God, he was, he's always been God, he always will be God. Everything he did here on this earth, he did as a man who happened to be God, not as God who happened to be a man. And when you realize that and you understand that principle, you understand that every single thing he did and everything, he, everything that he said, all the way up to and only excluding dying on the cross for our sins because no one else could do that but him, being raised from the dead, predicting himself and raising from the dead. He's the only one that could do that. But everything else up to the cross that he did, he made it very clear that he wanted us to do. He wanted us to follow that exact example. And he made sure he did it in a way and set it in a way that could be done by us. Think about how he began his ministry. Pastor, you made a very important statement. You said, ministers, I can't imagine how you'd even want to do this, think that you could even do this without the anointing. Well, look at Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God. The Word of God become flesh, and when he began his ministry, what he did he do? went straight into the temple, found the scroll of Isaiah, opened it up, very strategic. He didn't just drop it open like some people. I opened up the Bible, and it opened up to this chapter, and I read it, and i like, my God, what a word. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, no, he found, the Bible said he found the place where it was written and was very intentional by saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel. And he begins to talk about what the gospel and the anointing does. So, Pastor, if Jesus himself, the son of the living God, was not going to consider his ministry without the anointing, what in the world are we thinking?
1: We have no reason to be afraid of God in that sense. We need to honor him. Now, we're taught to have a a, a reverential, respectful awe of God, but not to be afraid Mm. of his power. Yes. If we're going to be fearful of anything, we need to be fearful. We're trying to do this by ourselves. Yes, sir. And, and, and Satan's duped a lot of people, and a lot of people are afraid of the power of God, afraid of, afraid, excuse me, of of the Holy Spirit, based on crazy stories they've heard or different things that they've shared. I, I just feel like I need to say to someone, mm-hmm. teacher, school teacher, you need the anointing. Oh, me. say it. We, do, we We need teachers to stay in the game. I understand oh why you don't want to do it. Yeah. You're not supported by parents a lot of times. Wow. You are the enemy. I'm telling you, not when we, not when we came up, Bishop. No. I'm just to be honest. The, it, was the, it was the teachers, the principal, and my and mama against me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had the audacity to think that I might be the one in there. Yeah. But, the, the, you know, they need the anointing to teach in this hour. Yes. In the school system. Yes. And how about entrepreneurs? Yes, yes. I mean, you – but the the enemy says, bad time, bad time to start a business, bad time to do this, bad time to take a new step. But if you've got the anointing of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. moving on your life, on. you've got the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life, you can change the time. Wow! I remember years ago, I was asked to come to preach at a church that would not be very open. We'll just say it that way. Okay. A certain okay. denomination gotcha. that would not be exceedingly open at all to Really, the move of the Holy Spirit and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the capacity that we're speaking about. Yeah, And I went in to preach on a Sunday morning. The place was packed. Look, I wasn't going to go in and try to Pentecostal or charismaticize yeah, yeah. anybody. Use respect in the house. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Because, you know, to, to go into a place and to use a revelation of life change that you have as a... As a tool, a battering ram mm-hmm. is a wrong thing to do. Yes, it is. God wasn't even leading that way. No. But I ministered that morning, and the presence of God was heavy, mm-hmm. and the anointing of God was upon me because it's depending upon Him. Yeah, when you depend on Him, when you when you realize that I I don't can't even do this without you, I know that. See, I'm not going to get into false humility, but I'm also not going to get into lying. I yeah. know yeah. my lack of ability. Yeah. I could go through a performance, but I can't change lives. Right, right. I can't open people's hearts. Yeah. I've got a gift yeah. that I can use, yeah. but my gift is useless to me wow. without the help of the Holy Spirit. So, and the Lord moved wonderfully, but I gave an invitation and people began to come forward for prayer. Mm. One of the deacons of the church come down. He said, brother, would you please pray for me? And I thought, Lord, how am I going to do this? Um, I thought about laying my hand on his head, but I thought I, I don't know. And I reached out, just took him by the hand. Mm. And when I took that man by the hand, the presence of God came on him. Wow! I mean, uh, no hype, no nothing, um, nothing that I did. But the presence of God came on him. He fell on his knees to the floor, mm. and he began to tremble under the power of God. Oh, wow. And he looked up at his pastor standing beside me. Who, what is this? Who had been greatly imp- Let's put it yeah. this way: his pastor had been saved and filled the Holy Spirit, called into ministry under our ministry wow. in a revival in that area of Alabama. And he, the pastor said, "I love it. This is a classic." He said, "I don't know. <laughs> Just let him do what he wants to do, because that's that's the thing. Yes, if if God is doing something to yes. help us, yes." If God is doing something to empower us, could it be that it's the right thing? My goodness. Wow. Could it be that God would not Think do the about wrong it. thing?
0: Think about it. Wow. Listen, simple but profound. If, if, if God is in it, it will be pushing us to love people more, love love the harvest more, desiring to get the gospel out. If the enemy was doing it, would the enemy be pushing us to care about people's lives and souls and eternities? Come on, use your brain, people. That don't even make sense. And that don't, that's not biblical sense. That's, God's not the author of confusion. He's not going to cause the enemy to do something in a church service or in your life or in the marketplace that's going to cause you to hate the enemy more. Come on, he's not, the enemy, is, he's a stupid idiot. Okay, I'm going to call you a stupid idiot, devil. I hate your guts. But the reality is this. He's very cunning. He's very, very intentional in what he's trying to do. He's not going to bring something on you that's going to cause you to hate him more and love God more. Come on, people. We need the anointing of God in our lives. Tell me one single powerful hero of the faith, Old or New Testament, that did the things that we remember the stories where you do not see the anointing of God on their life.
1: Holy spirit is the spirit of life. Come on. He's the spirit of life. He will bring life. Look, he'll bring, he'll bring life to your preaching. Mm. He'll bring life to your teaching. He'll bring life to your platform. He'll bring life to your singers. Mm. He'll bring life to your congregation. And I do not see anyone denying the, Presence and the help of the anointing, the help of the Holy Spirit, embracing this end time mighty revival that's available. Yeah, you're either going to be on fire for God, or you're going to fall away. Yeah, yeah. And 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 we don't want anybody. Else. We can't. We can't afford. Yeah. To lose anymore. Yeah. yeah. There's too many people that are called of God. Yeah. With a real touch of God on their lives. Yeah. But they're not dependent on the Holy Spirit because maybe their environment doesn't teach you to. We're and we're speaking to some people today. You used to depend on the Holy Spirit. I got to say it, Pastor. You used to but but you got duped. Yep. You you started thinking, well, maybe if we dial away from mm-hmm. giving place to Him and started trying some other things, that it would be effective. I'm going to tell you something. Listen to a voice of experience. Everybody gets tempted in that way. It's not going to be what you think. Mm-hmm. And you're going to wind up wishing that you'd have never gone that way. Why not go ahead now today and make up your heart and your mind. I will return to the value mm. of the power of God and the anointing yeah. of God. Because look, Jesus operated in the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. After being tempted by the devil, while he fasted for 40 days, encountering Satan, defeating Satan Mm. with the word of God, he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit and began his earthly ministry. The Son of God gave over to the power of the Holy Ghost Mm. as the Son of Man did earthly ministry to model for us the pattern of life that we're supposed to live Mm. in, by, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. It should be a non-negotiable yeah, yeah and Satan can't stop yeah the remnant church say it that gives place to the power of the Holy Spirit
0: yeah and I, and I think it's very important because I can sense right now that there's probably some people listening to this program that says okay yeah that's I get it I agree with you I've walked through that, but I have also seen it abused and I want to address just for a couple of minutes here and I want to acknowledge I think we would both acknowledge we know that the Holy Spirit has been taken advantage of. The anointing has been abused. It has been used for the power of manipulation. It has been used for uh, personal lifting up of celebrity preachers. Uh, And, you know, this is for me but not for thee type thing. And uh, I believe the Lord has never been satisfied, never been happy with that. And we begin to see, you know, I love that scripture in Hebrews chapter 12 where it says there'll be yet once more there's going to be a shaking. Not only heaven, but the earth also shall shake. And in this shaking, everything that can be shaken will be shaken until that which cannot be shaken remains. And I believe that that's a last day because it can only be once more. Because once it happens, there's not another. And that, that's second. There's only once more. So I believe it's the last generation when he says yet once more. So that remnant generation that we're in is experiencing a shaking. And, and all those, I believe, that have taken advantage of the anointing, and, and used it as a manipulation tool, and uses as a personal prosperity tool, um, not judging anybody in particular, not thinking anybody in particular, God is going to remove those voices of influence. And I believe that the anointing is being returned in the church and returned into the body in its proper perspective, is that it has always been, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but this is my heart, I feel like, The anointing has always really been to come on you for service to others, not to create an eliteness in you because you're the anointed one. You know, Chris Owensby, Larry Ragland, look at the anointing on them. Well, yes, we've operated in the anointing. We know what that anointing is. But I believe, and I believe you believe as well, that when that anointing comes on us, that heaviness that comes on us, it's never so that we can just feel the presence of God. It's for a strategic thing, and I believe it's been abused, and I believe some people have taken advantage of it, but the remnant church is not like that. The remnant church is about the sheep. Jesus said, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. The anointing is on you. Didn't the Bible say that um, when we just quoted Luke, when he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, he's anointed me to preach the gospel. Then he starts talking about what's going to happen. Blinded eyes, captives are going to be set free. What did Jesus do? He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So let's close by just addressing the skeptics that have been burned by so-called, quote-unquote, air quotes there, anointed ones, that have made it about themselves. Let's let the people know that there are some ministers left out there, and there's a remnant church that believes the anointing is for service to the kingdom.
1: The anointing is very, 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 very seldom for us that's on us. Mm. Anointing on me is for you. Yes. Anointing on me is for others. Yes. And This is the reason why any kind of misappropriation is flesh. Mm. Because this anointing makes it not about me, Mm. but about my purpose. Yes. And the assignment for others. Wow. And... I understand what you you said. It I can't I can't improve upon what you said. How that there's been manipulation, there's been things done, but the realities are, no amount of personal manipulation, a failure of people, still takes away the only element that can bring the kind of life change that the Holy Spirit can. And so I'm well aware. The, the touch on me is not for me. Yeah. I've known that for years. But a lot of people have not heard leaders say that. Right. Yes. So I want to say to you yeah, say it, as please. a as a leader, maybe you're you're growing in things. Don't you ever get big headed and think that, boy, this anointing on me, it, it it makes me very special. Well, it does. It it does. But it's it's never going to be about you. It's for others. Now, Bishop, the anointing on you is for me. Yeah, the anointing yeah. on others is for me. Yes. And this is a safe thing. Yes. This is a good thing because it, it keeps us aware of who our source is. Yes. Who our help and help is and, and who our who our hope is. But I would I would encourage you today to look at your life and to be honest. I'm telling you, there's there's an anointing that can come on your marriage and help you recapture it if it's struck if you're struggling at home. There's an anointing that can come on you to help you recapture that relationship with your children. Mm -hmm. There's an anointing that can come on you to cause you to be able to carry out functions of life that some people think is just all natural. It's all natural. Well, I believe when you depend upon the Holy Spirit, anything that pertains to life and godliness, He can lead you in. He can empower you in. And He can use you to help be an instrument of breakthrough. Mm. And I believe that's what this podcast is about today. Absolutely. To be instruments of breakthrough. So I would encourage you, friend, please be open. Be yeah. open. Don't. Uh, we're, I'm not asking you to embrace me. I'm not asking you to embrace my concept. I'm encouraging you to embrace the potentials of what could happen in your life. Yeah. If you give place to what Jesus gave place to, to what the Apostle Paul gave place to, to what Simon Peter gave place to, those are pretty important people. Yes. Gave place to the early church mm. would have not made it Mm-mm-mm. without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, well, that's big there. So, I again, I don't know who all our audience is today, but I'm excited to know that there is a lifting. There is a burden-removing, yoke-destroying power. There is an establishing power yeah the help of the Holy Spirit and the anointing mm. in our lives.
0: My goodness, well, it's been a tremendous podcast, and I tell you i it's I'm so thankful that it is on the Remnant Leadership podcast because if any group of people needs to understand and grasp, the need for the anointing. It is the ones that are listening to this podcast because you're not listening to this podcast unless you are either currently in leadership or feel a pulling to leadership. You may even be secretly, you've never told anybody that you even see yourself as a leader, but you're being dealt with that God has got a call on your life and you've found this podcast and you're listening to it. So whatever it is that you're called to, whether it is preaching, teaching, maybe it's, teaching in a a classroom setting, as Pastor Chris was talking about, maybe it's in the marketplace, maybe it's in the office, maybe it's in construction work, maybe it is whatever, fill in the blank. Wherever you're at, the Bible calls you a minister. Know you not that you're all ministers of the gospel. So that anointing is not an exclusive club. It's not a, this is for the preacher man and you know all that. No, it's for the believers. And uh, I'll close by saying this, that the great, I love what you said about the church would not be able to survive if, we, if it didn't have the anointing on it. Well, think about it. The church was started with 120 people in a room, and they were in that room. They were in that room for a while. But the church did not begin. We have no record of the church beginning until the anointing fell in that room. And when the anointing fell in that room, they didn't bring in new people, didn't bring in preachers, didn't, bring in, didn't have enough preachers. And brought No, same exact people that was in that room. Only thing that changed was the anointing fell. And when the anointing fell, the church began. So how in the world can we imagine winding the church down without the anointing when God would not even start it without the
1: anointing? Before denominations, before non-denominations, Come before on. islands. Yeah, right. His His New Testament church birthed on that day, that day. when the anointing
0: fail my god well that's the way to end it right there brother on that day pastor chris owensby thank you so much for being with us on the remnant leadership podcast you, as man. we get ready to go off tell us you have website email facebook how, how can people find more about uh pastor chris owensby your wife regina way of life ministries or anything where can they go
1: you can go to chris owensby.com you can uh find me on facebook uh twitter instagram um you can reach out to us predominantly through chris okay
0: and I, w- I will tell you this right now pastor chris has preached more in my church than any other minister i would endorse him highly any pastors out there conference leaders anybody that would like for him to come in and impart that anointing that is on his life into your church I wholeheartedly endorse him, and he would be a blessing and take your church to the next level. I want to thank you so much again for joining us for the Remnant Leadership Podcast. Make sure you follow us on this podcast. Go to iTunes.com, scroll down and give us a five-star review. That would be huge for us. If you want to listen to our other podcasts that we have and our YouTube channels, social media connects, website, everything is all in one website. Just go to LarryRaglin.tv easy one-click access to everything thank you once again for joining us on the remnant leadership podcast we'll see you next time the remnant is rising